It's the 60O Podcast presented by Men's Sports. Seeps, how are you, mates? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. We'll start with the biggest topic of the week, no doubt about it, South Sydney. Uh, that game, God, I thought it was awful. I thought both teams didn't deserve to be in the finals watching that game. But we we talked about the Broncos for six, eight months, you know, did the public about their collapse last year. Well, I don't know how we're going to talk about... I don't know how long we're going to talk about South Sydney because this is much worse than the Broncos' collapse last year. It was It's arguably the biggest collapse in the NRL era. It is, it is the biggest collapse based on pure where they were and where they fell to. To go from first at round 11, there were nine wins, three losses at the time. Yep. Uh, give or take. And <laughs> they were premiership favourites yep. as well. So to not make the eight from there, they were conceding 13 points a game. And then in the next half, they conceded 29 points a game. So stark turns around, turnarounds defensively. And of course, it was all Sam Burgess's fault. Of course it was. <laughs> it was his fault. They, they became the first team in history to be top of the table after round 11 to fall out of the eight and yep. not make it. So, you know, that's, it, it's crazy. And again, they should cop as much, if not, well, sorry, they should cop more than what the Broncos did. Because at the end of the day, the Broncos' fall last year was, it was bad and it did deserve to be talked about. This is, it, it's even bigger. You know, it's first to not making the eight. It, it, it's hard to get your he- head around. And I'd also argue... They're a top four side. I, I'd, I'd also argue that the Broncos were not, uh, nowhere near the team that South Sydney is this year, at last year. No, no, so, no. So if, if at the start of the last but, year you But said credit that, to Broncos, they've shown that the first 20 weeks of last year wasn't a fluke by where they're, course, how they're going this year. Of course, of course. But the, the South Sydney team of this year is better than Broncos team of last year. Yes. So to not make the eight it, with the team that they've got, it's quite remarkable. And I said yes, and, and I, I, I started a little bit there because... Broncos have got a better forward pack. Their fullbacks played the whole year. And they've got a better halfback. So, you know, we think that the South team's better, but but maybe they're not. But I still think they should have been a top four side. I mean, on paper, they are a top four side. And again, I don't want to climb into the the Mitchell family pylon because I love Luttrell. I think he's unbelievable. Of course he can be lazy. He floats in and out of games and he loses his mind. But he is unbelievable. He is so good. He can tear a game apart on his own. But if his brother is a NRL player, so am I. <laughs> I, I want to ask you this because the the attention will certainly go to... So where I was going there is their forward pack. Is, it's it's not course, up to it. Of course. Uh, the attention will certainly go to Latrell and Cody. I want to ask you, Latrell's been at South Sydney for four years now. Has it been a success for South Sydney? It it depends on I suppose marketing wise and money made yeah they're going to say definitely it's been a success on field no way not a chance no he's way played, in the world I think you you're the one that actually come up with the number he's played one semi final in his time there yeah otherwise he's been injured or suspended yes and so he they didn't make the finals this year and I would argue again he's a big reason for that due to the fact that he got suspended dumbly for the critical game of the year. Because if they beat the Roosters, they weren't relying on anyone else. If they beat the Roosters, they were in. It's easy to say now because the game's done and dusted, but they weren't beating the Roosters even with Luttrell. They, they've been hopeless. Maybe not, but 
they certainly didn't have a hope in Hades on Friday night against the Roosters. You know, him. as soon as Manu, I tipped the Roosters early in the week. We hear Hargraves was gone, or you know that was that was fine. Manu got ruled out. Tupo got ruled out. I changed my tip. I actually thought the Rabbits were going to win. But but I I I because I, I don't I, think the Roosters are good. Oh, I, I tipped South Sydney as well, and it's it's part of the frustration because they should be better than what they are. And the fact of the matter is. I, I believe that Latrell has already cost South Sydney a grand final victory because in the grand final that they lost against Penrith, Penrith had seven line dropouts uh, dragging Blake Taft back into the end zone. Yeah, the, they did a they, great job on him, didn't they? They don't, they don't drag Latrell back seven times. They, and his just presence alone changes the field position. So to only lose by two, you can't tell me that Latrell there wouldn't have changed the game. So, but we, but we've, seen, we've seen Cleary do... A job on Latrell in in semi-finals and in big games in the past, where they have actually completely taken him out of the game with their their kicking and their kick chase, the catch, the drag that they've done that to him. So, and I get that, but the difference between Latrell, oh, it's huge, and Blake Taft yeah. is the moon. Yeah, it is. It's like huge. it's pretty remarkable. Um, Do you reckon I, they're regretting getting rid of Reynolds? How could you not? Yeah. How could you not? Their team. Has I would say it's drastically underperformed in the past few years. They, they the fact that they haven't gotten a premiership in the past four years is quite astonishing. Well, you go back to I go all the way back to 2018 was first year Anthony was there. They made the prelim or the grand final every year until now. Now, yep, yep. You know, people are going to throw up the, um, the well, they may or may not, but people people most likely will throw up the, the Bennett curse. You know, the coach who steps in after him. And and I'll argue that, yeah, it, it has got Demetrio. Because while Bennett didn't take players, you know, he did the deal to leave the players there. But while, while Bennett was there, and we, we've spoken about this in previous pods, yeah, he can get away with letting them do what they want. Because he has that power over them by when they need to then rein it in or they've got to perform, Wayne says something, they're going to do it. Whereas Demetrio then takes over. Yeah, things were beautiful over that last 12 months because it was the, everything, everyone was still happy, you know, we're, we're not far away, we can still make it. But then all of a sudden you lose a couple of games, things start to unravel, cracks appear, and, and it's not, you know, everyone's not happy anymore that Latrell can go back to the farm for two days or Damien Cook gets an extra day off training because of the, you know, his hammies are tight. Or Cam Murray's been beaten around, so he gets the day off training. Now, I don't know. I've just used those blokes as examples. I'm, I'm making those names up. But it's quite clear that's what happens there. And they're not happy about it. I've, I've heard someone talk to me over the weekend and comparing Luttrell to uh, G.I. and Justin Hodges and the fact that they weren't the greatest trainers ever as well. I, I, I thought it was totally ridiculous. Justin Hodges was never the highest paid player at his club and plays a different position. Also, GI. GI won, mate. Like, yeah, GI also disappeared in and out of games at times too. I get that. But yeah. GI won a premiership on, yeah. on his own. Like, going away from Melbourne, going away from the big three. Oh, yeah. But, but look, again, he, you know, GI is a, a star. He is one of the best outside backs that we've ever seen. But he, at Melbourne, obviously, you know, we know what the side Melbourne had. Yes. At... At South, he had an amazing, enormous leaders with him at the time. You know, he had blokes to... He wasn't doing it on his own. Look, so he did step into a great system. Latrell's got great players around him now. He does. He does, but he... 
they do not have a good forward pack, mate. They don't at all. So there's not many battles that they win up front. Then Tom Burgess has been out for the last few weeks as well, which, you know, it's a, it's a big out for them. Let's look at a couple of advanced stats, cause, and I just want to give a shout-out to the Rugby League eye test because these guys are just absolutely phenomenal with the stats that they put out. So average metres are first play the ball from your own try line. So where you start your set. I love this one, and it, it, it flows into a conversation we'll have a little bit later about another team. But South Sydney are ranked dead last for where they start their sets. You, you showed me that. I couldn't believe that stat. It, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? So their back three obviously isn't providing enough. Well, you carry, they carry Alex Johnson. Yes. Knowing that he's one of the best finishers in the game, but they don't get a great deal of yardage out of him. They they experimented with Josh Mansour for a while on the other wing yeah. as, as a meter guy. Clearly not up Didn't to work. NRL standard anymore. Um, but they, that, they roll with Thompson at times. Again, a good finisher, not up to NRL standard defensively. So, so that's an area that they need to look at, that other yeah. wing spot to bring in a genuine meter eater. Maybe, maybe they go after someone like a Nofaluma, like to, to get him off contract and, and bring him over. But just someone like that. Yeah, that, to, to bring the... Yeah, you're right, because it is a huge part of the game. Any of the teams that are successful, their back three or their back five, their meters are through the roof. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is, we, we spoke about it last week, C- Campbell Graham is struggling big time. Like that chest injury that he's got must be impacting him severely because he's nowhere near the player he was. Certainly not. And <clears throat> maybe it was worth putting Gr- Campbell Graham on an edge. Yeah, po- yeah, throw him on the wing, but then who do you play in the centres? I get that. I get that. But the fact is, and I'm sure that Souths know this, like if we know this, how can they not know it? The fact that they did not get anything from their back three all year as far as as far as uh, kick returns, basically. Yeah. And you look at Latrell. Latrell is a, a, a highlight reel. Like, there's no denying how good he is, but he's not He's not a 20 carries guy. No, and that's that was the anomaly with that Knights game because yeah. he it was one of the worst games he's played as far as his errors. But he was, his work rate was through the roof. He was a carries guy. He did 21 carries that game. And you look at the other teams at the bottom of this chart as far as where they start yep. to play the ball. So you've got the Dolphins. Well, they're a bottom bottom five team. Yep. The Broncos are the exception, but I would argue that they're okay because their forward pack is so immense. Yeah, they've got a great forward pack, so yep. they get, they get so away with it. So it cancels it out. And the rest of these is totally understandable to where they finish the rest because of the year. Because Reese Walsh's metres, his metres per game are quite high, but they're not from his carries. Not they're from um, once they're on the front foot, he's just so dangerous on the edge. Yep, which which we'll talk about later because I think it's interesting that they're going to drop Corey Oates because he is really, the, they're only one of their back three that's like a genuine good carry off the back yeah, fence. We'll, we'll, we'll go there. We'll, we'll talk get there. about that a little bit later. But the other teams that are down the bottom, New, uh, we've got North Queensland, St. George are down there, Manly's down there. So the teams that genu- yeah. generally come last are, are down the bottom of this yeah. stat. So, and it makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, and I, I'm, without looking at it again quickly, Penrith would be head and shoulders on top. Penrith a second. Second? Who, who's first? The Titans are first. Oh, yeah. That's all when um, Philip Sami was... Sami, yeah. Gunn. AJ Brimson. His Brimson. meters are huge. Yeah. yeah. So that that's a fascinating yeah. stat. The fact... That, and it, it brings up the question, what the hell are the Titans doing oh, well, from not, after that? They're just, not a, they're just not a very good footy side. But Penrith a second. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it shows you the fact that... It's, going back to the Titans... They just can't tackle, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're their issue. Exactly. So, South are starting every set at worst in the competition. So, and then you look at then you look at another stat. 
uh, pre-contact meters run by the opponent, right? So this is this is all about line speed, basically. Yeah. And so Manly was the worst team at that. You had the Gold Coast. Second. So is this is this so this when I was looking at this stat, it was a little bit confusing to to understand. So pre meter was it pre meters that that side runs or pre the meters that they concede before the line. So when the opposition gets the ball, yeah. How many meters do they gain before yeah. they hit? Yeah, and that's what I wasn't sure of whether it was yeah. so, so based on the team or who they're playing. Yeah. yeah. So Manly's the worst. The yeah. Titans are the second worst, which yeah. probably shows you why they're in a lot of high scoring games. Yeah, that's right. Because they score a lot of points and they can see a lot of points. Yep. So and third is South Sydney. Yep. So you look at Manly and the Titans, they didn't make the eight. Okay, so we're not expecting yeah. them them to be a top four team. Whereas South, they're the anomaly here. So, and then after South Sydney, you've got the Dolphins, the Tigers, North Queensland, Parramatta, St George, all teams that didn't make the eight. So this this is a this is another stat that correlates with the fact that they didn't have any success. And, and for obviously, because we can look at these stats here, and and for you know the the listeners, just so that they can get it in or picture it. We're not talking about enormous meters here. So six point three three meters is is Manly who are worst on this list, and Penrith who are the best are five point four nine meters. So just to give people an idea of what space we're talking about there. And this is another example of why Penrith are so good, because they're starting their set almost further than anyone else, and their line speed is the best in the competition. So in a game, if if you if you're cheering against Penrith, if your team's going up against Penrith. And it feels like you're being suffocated. It's because you really are. And it, it is funny, isn't it? Like looking at this, it's less than a foot between the top eight and the bottom eight. And and it is the the top eight are the the best eight here. But clearly, it makes a difference. It does, yeah, for sure. So South are third worst in the competition at that, but they're surrounded by a bunch of teams that are rubbish. So it's not a it's not a surprise if you were to just look at the advanced stats that South did not make the eight. Now you go to their list and you think they bring in Jack Whiten next year. I don't think he adds to these problems that they have. Well, he he might add he might add to their yardage getting on the front foot if he plays as a centre. That that'll be the only thing that I see him helping with. He's not going to help with line speed. He's not. You know, he might help with a bit of professionalism, but he's not helping with um, a couple of those other areas that we spoke about at all. Brings into the point again. They really should have gone after another front rower, or or another middle forward. A, a middle forward and a, a Dom Young type player yep. that obviously the Roosters have snapped up. Yes, or even a Greg Marju. Greg Marju is a fantastic meter eater for that. And now that. Now that they're playing both those guys, it's no it's no surprise that teams are having more success when they're getting more and more oomph out of their back three. It's such an important part of the game. And you look at Penrith. Penrith's been the best for years. They've got Dylan Edwards, Brian Toto, and um, who's their other winger? I've had a mind. Taruva. Three absolute dominant meter eaters. They all get the best part of 200 meters every game. Exactly. And their forward pack's great on top of that. And it, what it allows them to do is you tell your forward pack, focus only on defence. And I don't know if you've noticed the subtle change in Azai Yo's game the last six months. 
he is, you know, for the last couple of years, he's been the link man. He's, he's a ball player. He's, he's getting the ball to Luai and Cleary on the edges. He's tipping on to his middle forwards. Now he's doing that show and really biting in behind the ruck because the last 18 months of him, you know, dishing it on, dishing it on, dishing it on, teams are, are not getting up in his face as quick as what they would other players or other ball players. So he's seeing that space. And I'd love to go and have a look at his metres um, per game this year compared to the last couple. I reckon it'd be up significantly. We mentioned it earlier just briefly. Corey Oates it looks like he's going to be dropped uh, for the Broncos yeah. this week against makes, the Storm. That makes sense to me. It makes sense to you? Yeah. Why? Uh, defensively and, and errors. So Corey Oates struggles at times um, to make defensive decisions and, and that's you know we're playing on the wing in 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 the centers we've got to give credit to those guys because it's probably the toughest place on the field to defend you know you're at a hiding to nothing you've got shape coming at you you have to make a decision and then it's all a trust game inside and out and you know, at times he comes unstuck there he's got some errors in him but the way I look at it is Jesse Arthurs you know what you're going to get He's safe. He's not going to tear a game apart. If there's an opportunity, he'll finish. His meters are quite good. And, and he's safe defensively. Good under the high ball. Cobbo, we know that he could have the worst game in history, but still score a hat-trick. So he's a finish. You have to have him there. His errors are going to be high. I'm pretty sure Reese Walsh has got the most errors in the comp. But as if he's not playing, yes. he's top three fullbacks in the game. He's a star. So he's got to play. So I reckon they've sat there and they're making a decision based on, well, these two blokes are a must. We can't have another player who could come out and be the best back on the field or create three or four errors for us. So I reckon they've just got a safe play there. Just looking at the finals as an overview now, uh, I've got the Knights in pen for a prelim. I think they beat the Raiders this week. And, the, and then they beat the Warriors. The, the, the Knights game this week against the Raiders is a more dangerous game than what they might face the week after. I think so as well. Because Ricky's a lunatic and you do not know <laughs> what he's going to get out of his side. Yeah. Like he's going to have them absolutely bubbling away about to explode. I've got no doubt. Um, so, th yeah, I think the Knights win and win well. But it's a real danger game for them this week. If they get through this week, I'm with you. I reckon they make a prelim. And so they would play... I don't even know what side of the draw they would fall, but I can just see them... Yes, yeah, so they, they would play the Warriors. Okay. Or the, the loser of Penrith and the Warriors. Who we uh, okay, the well, Warriors. that changes my mind then. I'm not so adamant <laughs> because I, I don't see them winning in New Zealand. Right. You, you wouldn't take Newcastle to win in New Zealand? No. Okay, that's interesting. Uh Depending on, there's a lot of factors, depending on what happens this week. You know, if the New Zealand lose and Sean Johnson gets HIA'd and misses next week, well, that changes everything. Oh, I'm, I'm just of the, of the belief that the Warriors have been paddling for a month now. I, I think that they, they, like, they've been so good. They've had a great year, don't get me wrong. But I, I just think that the quality of their play has certainly dropped off over the past month. Now, it might be a situation where they're waiting for finals because they had a few ordinary teams that they had to come up against in the past month. But I just think that the quality of the Newcastle's playing at the moment, I think they're the second or third best team in the comp. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. I think after Penrith and, and Brisbane, they are number three. Um, you're never going to rule out the storm because 
Well, they play Brisbane this week. They've got the record against Brisbane. It's got, it's what's going to get spoken about all week. Brisbane will come out and say that, oh, it's you know pretty different teams. Well, the same players are there, but it's it's by them saying it's not a thing, you know, it's a thing. Yeah. So you know it, that's that's there. That's that's a factor. And then if Melbourne do happen to to win that game, they're playing a prelim in Melbourne. Yes. You know that's that's one of the toughest assignments in in footy. The Knights, yep, as we said, a lot of factors depend on what happens, who they play the week after. Um, I, I don't. I just find it really hard to see. Penrith had a few bad weeks. You knew as soon as they were going in full strength on the weekend, they were going to put the hammer down and put a good performance in. They absolutely put the cleaners through the Cowboys. Now, a bit of that was how bad the Cowboys were. Because they weren't good on the weekend. No. A lot of them didn't front up. But again, how much did Penrith make them play like that? So Penrith really showed us something. Like you said with the Warriors, yeah, they've been treading water for six weeks. Up until the weekend when they did have a host of stars not playing, they were still finding a way to win. So it's whether or not they can turn it around. You know, winning's contagious, losing's contagious. Look, I don't think Penrith lose for the rest of the year. I think Penrith oh, yeah, win it all. Yeah. Uh, I just think that their best is is way better than anyone else has to give. Um, so I think we're in agreement about that game. They're only just sort of finding their best, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they've been doing enough. They've done what they had to do all year. And they yeah. were minor premiers. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the Storm Broncos game. The biggest question for me I have about this is who the Storm go with in the centres. Because they've chopped and changed all year. I... I I honestly think you could you could pick any one of about six combinations to go in there. Like it's really that open. My gut feeling is they're going to go with Olam and um, Young Tonomapia. That's my gut feeling. What do you think? Well, I reckon they're going with Young Tonomapia for sure. Yeah, I do too. Especially considering on the weekend when he played and he stayed in the left edge and Olam went over to the right, which I don't think he's ever played Never. on. So that that's definitely a, a factor. Does that say that Marion Seve's coming back or Remus Smith goes back to his right center spot? That That's what I think they're going to do. What I would do would be Remus Smith right center, Olam left center. Tonomapea had that bit of a brain fade where he, where he chipped on third or fourth tackle. Oh, yeah. But... I, I do think he's been really solid. Yeah, he has been solid. And Olam's carries in the first half were game-changing. And, and I suppose the Brisbane don't need Tonomapaya to break a game open. They just need him to be safe. Yeah. He's got Munster inside him and Coates outside him that are, are game-breakers. So, you know, if he if they're comfortable that he's going to be safe and hold up his edge, well, that you know, probably why they're doing it. Does Pappenhausen start at fullback? No. No. No, he comes on after 30, though, and absolutely causes havoc. <laughs> I was watching the game on Friday night, and how could you not be impressed with Sir Falong? Falong? Oh, he was good, wasn't he? He, he was, was so unbelievable. Good. And I, I thought to myself, and my younger brother texted me this as well, Nick Meaney's been rested, and now he could be the third-string fullback. Well, <laughs> going back to the young bloke, it also confirmed a couple of my thoughts around Pappenhausen that he's lost some speed. When, um, when they made that break... And then Pappenhausen backed up. Like he, you mentioned, it, he, he's one of the best support players in the game. He just anticipates. You can see him take off even before the play has happened. So he's in a position to capitalize. Like when he scored that try when Wishart went through. But 
when um, when he took off to to score that try, you just he didn't have that extra gear that he normally has. Yeah. Um, if Hughes doesn't play, who plays in the halves? Pappenhausen or I, I or think Pap, I think Pappenhausen could could play in the halves, and then you put Meany at fullback. Yeah. Same. Um, I think Hughes plays. Yeah, I, I would I would find it really hard to make an argument for not playing Pappenhausen for eighty minutes in a in a in a final that can get you to a prelim, particularly yeah. against the Broncos. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I just think not only the Storm have had so much success against the Broncos, but Paps has torn them to shreds a few times. He has. After thirty minutes, though, I just I, I just see him coming on and and exploding. So would you take Meany off with just a straight swap? No, I'd play him in the back row. Uh, playing like a, a roving lock, and then um, depending on how the game's going, you know they they may rest Hugh. Well, if Hughes doesn't get through, or they're either winning or losing by a margin, they may rest him, and then they can move Meany or or Pappenhausen into the halves and sh- shuffle around that way. The other game that we haven't mentioned is uh, I'll, I'll get a tip off you, yeah? Storm mm. Broncos. Storm. Yeah, I, I I'm. Very comfortable with the as, oh, as a Storm fam. Yeah. I'm very comfortable with the Storm playing the Broncos. Look, Broncos deserve the credit they've got this Absolutely. year. They deserve to finish second. That they've been unreal. Um, if they were playing Penrith, I'd still be confident that Penrith would win. But if they were playing the Warriors at home, they'd go in favourites and deservedly so. Yeah, you know, I, I think the Warriors can trouble them, but the Storm just with their record. With Bellamy, I know last weekend it was a nothing game. It was like a preseason trial game. Was, Everyone was out. It was fun. It was an entertaining, poor game. Yeah. It was really enjoyable to watch. I had a great night sitting down, you know, I was away. So had a beer, watched the game, really thoroughly enjoyed it. But it doesn't tell us anything about what's going to happen this Absolutely week. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And now... It- it's a relatively young Broncos team, but now it's go time. Like oh, we get, sure. we get to see what they're made of now. Yeah. Like this is this is why you play. Well, it's that's a, right. And a lot of these blokes are young, but they're now at the point. And it's a part of the reason why they've gone so well this year, and why they didn't fall away like they did last year. All of a sudden, all of these blokes are 50, 60, 70 games into their career. Yep. Okay, and that makes an enormous difference. So you see talented young blokes playing 15, 20 games. Well, when stuff does get tough, they don't know what to do. You know, things can unravel quickly for them, and that's what used to happen with Brisbane. But now they've got all these games under their belt. A lot of them have gone on to play Origin, so they are a, a more seasoned squad. Exactly. So, do you think uh, Reynolds plays? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's fit? Uh, maybe not, but I look. He's I, smart enough to play in a dinner suit. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, he he's got a couple of guys around him that can look after him for the night. But I, I just think that. Look, look, he's going to have a target on his head, no doubt. I was travelling yesterday and I heard um, James Graham was actually talking about um, the Storm and, and them going after um, Reese Walsh. Mm. And I think the people he was talking to misunderstood his argument because it is you know, hard to understand him at times. But I think what he was saying is Melbourne have got a track record of identifying the strength in an opposition and, and going after them. And and he, that was the point that he made, and and the guys that were talking to him, I think they meant that he, they were going to go after him physically and try and bash him out of the game, and that's not what Melbourne will try and do to a fullback. They will make sure that he's removed from the game. Yeah. So whether it was going back to the Jared Hayne days where they um, they kicked him out of the game, you know, they kicked it dead. They gave away twenty meter restarts on purpose to stop him running the footy. They've done a great job against Tom 
yeah, that's right. They've done it to, to Trevojevic a couple of times. They've done it to Latrell. You know, they, they put themselves in a position where they are basically taking a strength away. Yep. You know, sometimes it's by bashing them, but nine times out of ten, it's just by being smarter. The other game we haven't talked about, the Sharks and the Roosters. Look, I, I, <laughs> it's it's funny because the Roosters have been so awful, yet I'm not ruling them out of this game. Yeah, same. It toss a coin. So, uh, I... I'm going Sharks. I, I do think the Sharks should win, though, if they're, if they're fair dinkum at all about what they're trying to do down there. And a part of mine is I don't think the Roosters deserve to go another week. <laughs> yeah, I've got a big thing of that yeah. as well. You know, but we really should have a seven-team final series well, this year. Well, yeah, that's right. All six, because the Raiders don't deserve it. <laughs> exactly. All right. We'll take a break and be back with our top five. The Six to Go podcast is proudly sponsored by Mint Sports. And if you want a bit of humour around your sports, they're the perfect place to go to. Why not listen to one of their podcasts, maybe daily? I reckon Shih Tzu Zitsu should lean into this dog kind of gimmick and oh, yeah. live in a kennel for six months while training, get a, get a schmacko after every round. Good boy, good boy. The speed bag's a bone. They hang a bone instead of the speed bag. <laughs> he skips with a leash. Instead of a belt, he wins a collar. <laughs> yeah. When he KOs someone, it's got a K9. For more nonsensical ramblings loosely based on sport, tune into Mint Sports maybe daily, every week. Maybe. Back with the 60 podcast presented by Mint Sports. Steve, have you ever had 198 assists? No, but you've a fair score. <laughs> fair fantasy score, yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe playing uh, PlayStation footy. Yeah, exactly. Rugby League Live yeah. or something yeah, back in the day. Uh, our top five this week, uh, the top five most likely teams to enter the top eight from the teams that missed this year. Okay, so obviously don't have a lot to pick of, and a couple of teams just cancel themselves out. But well, It's actually almost the, the easiest, well... F- Almost the easiest top five to come up with. Well, the fifth position I did have. That's right. Yeah, the yeah. four is easy. The fifth is a battle. Okay. The order might be interesting, though. So who do you have at five? Well, at five, the Dragons. The Dragons. Yeah. Okay. So we, you'd have to assume Ben Hunt stays. That's, uh, yeah, that's assuming Hunt stays. Yes. Uh, Flanagan comes in. I tell you what, you'd have to, you'd be wanting to see some development in people like Sloan and Kyle Flanagan announced today that he's going to go to the Dragons as well. Sloan just doesn't play for for someone like Flanagan. Simple as that. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he moves um, Lomax to fullback. You know, it's going to be a completely different Dragon side. Dragons showed enough during the year, or the last five years, that every now and again, like you say about the Raiders, there's a good footy side in there somewhere. Just got to extract it. Tinker with a few blokes, put the right people in the right positions, move on some dead wood, and you know, defensively they get a bit better, which Flanagan should hopefully um, help them with. But I just see Dragons, you know, th- they'd be my fifth. I got the Titans at fifth purely for the fact that when I was looking at those stats about South Sydney, a couple of them really popped out to me about the Titans the fact that they are the best team in the comp as far as where they start their sets. So I just think if Des can infuse a little bit of defense into this team, there might be a chance. He needs a halfback. Needs a halfback. Need, yeah. Yep. Uh, getting back together with Foran, though. However, I don't think you'll be able to bank Foran for 26 games uh, and, or 25 and for, games. Foran's, Foran's an excellent 5A, and he still is. He always has been. But he still needs a half. I get that. I get that. I just I just think when you're trying to pick five of these... The other team I thought of was the Dolphins. I do think the Dolphins overachieved this year. 
However, I think that they'll be better next year. Yeah, so, for sure. So they got Flegler and Farnworth. Farnworth, which, massive addition. Yeah. So you put, and also the one that's not being talked about, Tom Gilbert comes back. Yeah, true. Yeah, so, definitely. So that's another in as well. Yeah. So I think the Dolphins are right there with the Tigers they'll be, as yeah, well. They'll, they'll be thereabouts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So at number four, who you got? Uh, number four, I have got the Cowboys. Cowboys for me as well. Uh, so no notable additions. No. But I think they get rid of a fair bit of Deadwood, to be fair. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to be mean here, but a couple of those guys, um, it's it's time that the Cowboys move on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the one with for me with the Cowboys is, what's the exception? And I know I've said this before: is this year the exception, or was last year the exception? Because the last since 2017, last year was the only time they've made the finals. Yes, Un- and- under Peyton, they're now three seasons once they've made it. Yes, so I don't, I don't know. I think they got enough good players there, though. Absolutely, Nanai playing a lot more yeah. footy will be very handy for them. Oh, and Holmes missing the last five weeks was killer. Yeah, killer. Uh, so look, they get their, those two players back. They're arguably two of their top three players. Yeah, with Deer, I agree. So uh, it's really important for them that they sign Deer in the off season as well, and uh, hopefully uh, they can be much better next year. At number three, here you got Para. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So look, Para. Para, they had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of suspensions this year. So just as they finally worked their season out, they went on a roll. Dylan Brown goes and beats Dylan Brown. And then the week later, Campbell Gillard and Sivo and get done for five weeks um, for you know ridiculous decisions by them to you know, dropping knees into someone and taking someone's head off again. So you know they got no one to blame but themselves. They got what they deserved this year by not making the finals. I said that they'll make the finals next year. They're too good, too good of a squad. They've had so many what the hell moments this yeah. year, Paramount, and it started with the the start of the year with Ryan Madison yeah. in the three games. Yeah, you know, electing to take the three games and not the fine. Yeah, I don't. I've spoken to a few people about this one. Of course, a quality player like that missing the first three games of the year, it hurts. I don't actually think what we think happened is what happened. Maybe not. From from what from what I understand. It was to do with them being on their Mad Monday drink after the day after the grand final, missing the window to um, put Pro- put the plea in, and then they've ended up going, oh, well, we'll just take the fine, and then woke up sober two days later and gone, oh, absolutely. So it's it's a stuff up. I yeah. don't know who you know. I don't I don't think it was Madison saying I'm greedy oh, I want money. No, I I don't think so yeah. either. But when you go zero and five, oh, of course, start- it hurt, man. He's an Origin player. Yeah. So, and you, you have the Dylan Brown stuff, obviously, which is just such a, such a weird thing to happen. So yeah. you don't, you don't account for these things. You account for injuries and suspensions. Right. You don't account for these wacky things that happen throughout the year. So hopefully Paramount can get yeah. all on the same page. No Josh Hodson going forward. So that another positive, another positive moving forward. Uh, so hopefully that can free up a bit of room that they can go after yeah. someone because that's clearly a hole for them. I think Wanga Blake's gone, but I don't know if they've paid much of his wage anyway. I think a lot of that was coming from Penrith still. Yep. Uh, three, I've got South. Yep. So uh, I just think that the quality is there to be a top eight team. There's no doubt about that. They were first after 11 rounds. They they had the most impressive three-week stint of any team in the competition. They smashed the Broncos, they smashed the Storm, yep. and they beat Penrith. Yep. So, uh, look, uh, the talent is there for South. Number two for me is Parramatta for all the reasons outlined. Number two for Two you. for me is South. Everything yep. you just said, they're too good. They've got... There's enough quality there, you know, and we're not saying these teams are going to make it. We just have to come up with five teams that could make it. Yeah. Because realistically, Raiders, 
who knows what the Knights will do next year. They could be back to the old Knights. Yeah. Um, the Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah, that's right. Sean so Johnson gets injured there. And right. every year, there's a turnover of a couple of teams, no matter what. Exactly. Number one, so this looks like we've both got the same team, which is interesting. So it's Manly. Manly, yeah. Manly have been so impressive over the past six weeks. And, you know, this has got fucking nothing to do with the fact that your brother's coaching them. The, how could you not deny the fact that they've been on fire the past six weeks? Yeah. They had a couple of dodgy decisions against Penrith and the yeah. Warriors. Uh, and then they've smoked the past couple of teams in, in the end, who they should have put scores on, and they did. And uh, also, too, you, you take into consideration Tom Travojevic goes at about 68% winning rate when he plays. He missed the last 11 games. Yeah. You know, just based on pure stats, they go home at 6 or 7 from 11, and they would have made the finals. Yeah. And also, they've, they've unearthed a couple of really great young players there yeah. in the young dummy half there. Yeah. And also... Cooler, yeah, who is a revelation. Cooler's probably fallen into one of those. I put him in the Will Panasini basket of and Bradman Best because they've been playing for so long. People expect a lot more out of them, thinking they're a lot older than what they are. They're kids, yeah. You know, they're the last couple of weeks has been Cooler's breakout, like him believing that he belongs in the NRL now, just like Bradman Best all of a sudden exploded. He believed he belonged. Um, so yeah, the. They've got those blokes there. I think um, the Luke Brooks signing as well Massive. Yeah, it is going to be huge for them. And we've got to probably take into account that they had a lot of their middle forwards injured during the year. So they get those blokes back and they get that go forward going as well. Ruben Garrick comes back as well. Yeah. Uh, however, I, I, I know that we talked about this last week and I asked you, would Anthony think about changing Tom to the centres? I just refuse to believe they won't talk about it. With the form that Cool has had, and yeah. I like he might make the decision that Tom starts a fullback to start the year, and you know what, everyone will be behind that because Tom's so good. Yeah. But I just refuse to believe it won't be talked about with how good Cooler has yeah. gone. Uh, it's not. I, I have not had a discussion with him. It is not happening. <laughs> it, there's no way on earth. What you might find happens is though, for 10, 15 minute blocks during games, they swap. And, and, and Cooler goes to the back, maybe the last 10 before um, the end of halves, when he can really capitalise with his with his speed and that um, acceleration that he's got. Um, that, that may happen. But what I think it has done now is it's all of a sudden quite clear that, that Garrick is now the third choice fullback and Garrick either moves to, to left centre or, or left wing, which is a bit of a weakness for them as well. So... That, that strengthens things up also. Morgan Harper leaves, so there could be a little bit of reshuffling around the Manly yeah. back five. But the Luke Brooks signing, I think it's going to be so great for them. Yeah, and for sure. I think it'll be good for Luke Brooks. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a lot of focus on Schuster heading into next year, and rightfully so. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, but we won't really know until about round five or six next year, I'd say, how that goes. But uh, this is a list of halves paired with Daly Cherry Evans, not named Kieran Foran. So you've got an old Jamie Lyon. Yep. You've got a young Dylan Walker. You've got Blake Green, Appy Corosau, Jackson Hastings, Cade Cuss, Lachlan Croker, Peter Godinay, Cam Cullen, Faletti Matteo. I forgot Faletti even yeah. played for Manly. Kane Elgie, Josh Suster, Cooper Johns, K.O. Weeks, and Jake Arthur. Congratulations, Daly Cherry Evans. You, you finally got have, a half. You now have a half to, yeah. to play off the back of. And... Out of that list, well, Jamie Lyon was a star. He could have played anywhere, but Brooks is clearly the best half. Clearly. 
Oh, foreign. Sorry, we've got to be fair to foreign. Oh, apart from but apart foreign. from foreign, yeah, he, he's clearly the best half that he would have played with. I don't think it's crazy to say that that Luke Brooks will have the best year of his career next year. Well, I just think that anyone who's good enough to win a daily M position of the year, like they're a good footballer, he's been consistent. In an awful team, exactly right. What happened to Tedesco as soon as he left the Tigers? Yeah. What happened to Moses as soon as he left the Tigers? I'm not saying he's going to go and play Origin or anything no. like that, but it just all the pressure of this whole club is on my back. It's gone. He can just go and play footy. Cherry Evans is the leader. He's the half. You just do your job. Jason Saab as well missed a lot of footy this year. Yeah, he did too. Yeah. And <laughs> him and Cooler are scary fast. It's it's scary and the. <laughs> the strategy over the weekend of giving Saab 10 metres every time. Not sure it's yeah. the best way to go about He's things. too quick. Um, <laughs> the other thing too is, and again, having a couple of good wins masks anything that could be going on or not going on. But but for mine, if they can take that, there seems to be a real energy there. So if they can take that energy and that goodwill and that enjoyment that they've got for each other, and it was shown by how they were going to do anything humanly possible to get um, Jake Travojevic and Gordon a try last week. Yeah. Like they would have done anything to get those blokes a try, and, and they did. That sort of just showed that they're enjoying each other. So if they can take it into next year, get a few blokes back, yeah, I think they can make the eight. Yeah. Also, just on your brother... He signed with Manly quite late in the year last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, so the ability to be there for the whole off-season, I, I think it can only be... Oh, for good. sure. Yeah, look, it, I think it was the first month he was still restricted um, and tied up with English rugby. So yes. he was still in England for the first month of training. So Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I'm keen to see how the off-season goes for Manly because I think... I, th- I do think they could push for top four next year if Tom was to say... Oh, if Tom's team. fit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Steve's good to see you. Thanks, mate. This has been the 60 Go Podcast presented by Mint Sports and that is full time.